On this week's episode, we welcome Eric Greiten. The former governor of Missouri, Eric Greitens, for so long, he would probably refer to me as a mentor, a father figure. He's been a guest in my home. I know his family, I know his kids, I know his parents, I know his brothers. I've known Eric Greitens probably for 15 or 20 years. I know it's surprising these relationships that people have. And you know, when people say that Eric um, uh, abused his kids, I don't believe it. They said he committed adultery on his wife. That is true, he admitted to it. Everybody knows Eric is not a saint. There's just so much that is being said about Eric and they're making him out to be this monster. But anyhow, I wanted to have the former governor of Missouri on today uh, to talk about all these allegations and because he's running for the Senate seat in Missouri and people are saying it's neck to neck and obviously Mitch McConnell has his candidate, but there he is. There he is. Uh, brother, how are you? I'm doing great, Army. Doing incredibly well. Everything here is strong, man. Great to see you. You're always the eternal optimist. And so, obviously, Mr. Greiton does not do many interviews, but it would be very difficult for him to say no to me. So, for full disclosure, he is <laughs> truly a, a, he's, a, he's very dear to my heart. I, I must admit that I'm just, he, I mean, he's just a good guy. But anyhow, Beside all that, he's running for office, and let me get to the business. Now, I gotta tell you something, um, Governor. I saw your recent ad about hunting rhinos, Republicans right. in name only. It caused a, a lot of controversy, even among Republicans. Many say you're stoking anger and potential violence, particularly in a time when there's all these massacres and people are using guns. I gotta tell you also, Personally, I did not like the ad, but it's not my business to tell you what to do. Why would you produce such an ad? And as smart as you are, you're a Phi Beta Kappa, um, you know exactly what the reaction would be. Why would you stoke the flames? Well, Army, I think what was really powerful about the ad was that it made very clear that in this race, I'm the MAGA candidate and I'm running against rhinos. Um, everybody knows I was the first candidate in the country to say that I'm voting against Mitch McConnell when I get to the United States Senate because we need new America first leadership. And I'm running against rhinos here in Missouri. And I will also tell you that Army here on the ground among all of our grassroots supporters, they got that it was a metaphor. They understood that it was a joke when I said, hey, the rhino on corruption and is marked by cowardice, right? It's like what happens on a hunting show. And everybody recognized that. So yeah, some people didn't like the ad, but the fact is our grassroots people really liked it. They appreciated it. And they also have a sense of humor and they saw the humor in it and the metaphor as well. But what about those that don't understand? And why do you need to run on a message just because the former president has all these issues with Mitch McConnell? Why can't you work if you want to be in that prestigious body of the United States Senate to work with Mitch McConnell instead of working against him? I'm sure you will find common ground. Why? Well, look, there may, there may be areas for us to find common ground with a lot of folks, but we also have to recognize that Mitch McConnell has failed the country. And if you just look at policy issues, he's failed on issue after issue. Let's remember, when President Trump came into office in 2017, 
The Republicans controlled the House under Paul Ryan. They controlled the Senate under Mitch McConnell. And yet, because of those rhinos, they failed to pass funding for a border wall. Then Joe Biden comes into office and you find all of these rhinos sign up for a $1.2 trillion Green New Deal, which everyone recognizes is wasteful. And right here on the ground, people in Missouri, they're looking at what's happening at the gas pump. They're looking at increasing inflation and they've seen how rhinos have failed. They're upset that rhinos have not investigated the true origins of the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. We now know that this was done by Hillary Clinton. But again, you think about rhino failures, all of this in 2017 and 2018, during all of these investigations into Trump over the fake Trump-Russia collusion hoax, all of that happened under Republicans. And I think we have to recognize that the country is in real crisis. Real people are hurting. And the crisis is not just because of mainstream media lies. It's not just because of the craziness of the left. It's also because of the corruption and the cowardice of the rhino establishment. And look, we've always been willing to, to call out the truth. And Winston Churchill once said, I know you are a fan of his as well. He said, show me a man who stood up for anything in his life and I'll show you a man who has enemies. And I've been attacked by George Soros. I've been attacked by and sued by the satanic temple. Now we got Karl Rove and Mitch McConnell coming after us. We have all the right friends, which is all the true grassroots patriots in Missouri. And we also see that our enemies are the rhino establishment, George Soros and the satanic temple. So everybody sees very clearly what this race is about. Well, there are those who are watching the January 6th hearings. And I will admit that it's a lot of a witch hunt. Um, yep. The witnesses have not been properly vetted. They have one goal in mind, to make sure that the former president doesn't ever run for office again, which I think that should be a decision made by the voter. But right. the point to you, in, that, in those hearings, many would believe that former President Trump failed democracy. Is there criticism of him? No, I, I disagree with that completely. I think that if you look at the January 6th hearings, you see that there's a very clear agenda. Number one, they're looking to distract from Joe Biden's failures. Joe Biden is a disaster. We've already talked about inflation, the open border. I've been down there, Armstrong. It is a massive humanitarian crisis. It is a national security crisis. Joe Biden is failing increasing violence and murders in cities around the country because of the left's defund the police movement. Again, they see Joe Biden's failures, the military disaster in Afghanistan. So number one, what the rhinos and the left are trying to use this January 6th hearings for is to distract from their failures. Number two, what they're doing, and this is a tactic of leftists, it's a tactic of tyrants. They're attacking all of President Trump's allies. They're going after Donald Trump Jr. They're going after Kimberly Guilfoyle. They're going after Steve Bannon. They're arresting Peter Navarro. They're going after Rudy Giuliani. They're attacking all of the president's allies. And the third thing, which is extraordinarily unfortunate, is that they're also not even investigating the truth behind January 6th. There's been some tremendous reporting from Darren Beatty at Revolver News, John Solomon at Just the News, that have exposed federal involvement in January 6th. Why aren't they investigating Ray Epps, 
for example, is just one of the basic questions. So I think that the truth behind the sham January 6th committee has already been seen. And I can tell you here in Missouri, when we are out and we're talking to hundreds of grassroots people, that is exactly what they see with the January 6th committee. It's a sham committee meant to attack President Trump, President Trump's allies, and the whole MAGA movement. You know, when I listen to interviews from people on the far left, in the far right, you believe that the only problem in America are Republicans and conservatives. And then you only believe the only problem in America are leftists and Democrats. Are you trying to make us believe today that all the, everything that is wrong with America today, it has to do with Democrats and the far left and not any Republicans and people who consider themselves to be conservative? Well, in, in fact, in fact, Army, I'm one of the few candidates who said the problem in America is, yes, of course, it comes from the craziness of the far left with their critical race theory nonsense, their transgender agenda, defunding the police, the open borders. Of course, it's from the left and it's from the mainstream media and their lies. But it's also the reason the country's in a crisis is also because of the corruption and the cowardice of the rhino establishment who continue to sell out the American people and continue to stab the American people in the back. We have to recognize that the political establishment is working for themselves. They are not working for the people. And everyone in Missouri has started to recognize that. And again, I, to your point, Army, it's not just the left. It's also the mainstream media, and it is also the corruption and the cowardice of the rhino establishment. That's a big part of the problem. You know, for those who say you've moved further right, what is your response? Well, I think, I think what we do is we look at the facts, right? I was one of the first guys in the country to say the left is actively trying to destroy the country. And the fact is that when you look at their agenda, they're literally following the checklist for how great city-states, nation-states, and empires are destroyed. You divide people internally. That's what they do with critical race theory and their transgender nonsense. You open the borders. That's what they've done. You create violence at home. That's what they've done with the defund the police movement. You debase the currency. That's what they've done with all of their inflationary policies. You have military disasters abroad. You sink morale at home. This is how leftists take over countries. This is how tyranny works. And we just have to look at the facts. I've also benefited tremendously, Armstrong. I have been so blessed. I have been so blessed because I have been attacked by a George Soros-funded prosecutor. I was attacked by a corrupt FBI agent who was charged with seven felonies for, for creating a false case against me for perjury and evidence tampering. I was attacked by a Soros-funded prosecutor and that FBI agent pled guilty. The Soros-funded prosecutor just admitted that she was guilty after she was charged with over 70 instances of perjury by the ethics office. So what I've also seen, I've been very fortunate that all of the illusions have been torn away. I recognize true evil when I see it. I recognize that we are in a battle against evil. And the fact is that if we're gonna save the country, it's gonna take a revival. We're at a real turning point here. The two choices before the country are either we surrender to leftist tyranny or there is a real revival. Um, I am here for the revival and the people of Missouri are as well, which is one of the reasons why we continue to win this race. Well, what do you do, Governor, to help heal our wounds and the vision as a leader if elected to the Senate? 
You have people work together, Army. One of the things that I did when I came home from Iraq after my team was hit by a suicide truck bomb was, and I was fortunate, my wounds were minor. A lot of the guys I served with were hurt far worse than I was. What I did was I donated my combat pay, and you, you knew me then, Army. I donated my combat pay, and we saved the lives of thousands of veterans. How? First, we gave them a sense of purpose. The greatest injury someone faces in their life is not loss of eyesight, loss of hearing, loss of a limb, post-traumatic stress disorder. The biggest injury someone faces is the loss of a sense of purpose. And the way you rebuild that sense of purpose is by asking people to go out and to serve again. That's what we did with our fellow veterans. Then what we also did to heal the civil military divide, because a lot of good people, they just didn't know Afghanistan veterans. They didn't know Iraq war veterans. We had them go out and do service projects together. We'd bring hundreds of volunteers together and we'd go out and we'd do refurbishment projects, often in, in neighborhoods that were distressed and everybody came out. And what happened was after spending a day serving together, people came together. So, Governor, I just need you to directly answer for me yes. how you can help heal the wounds in Congress and the country. The way that we heal wounds is by bringing people together in service. When people come together to serve a common purpose, that's how... I'm going to interrupt you. Let's start yes, with yes. Congress. Congress. Yeah. How do you yes. heal the wounds in Congress? Well, one of the things that you do if you want if you want to really heal wounds is that you find good people, honest people who want to get things done. I'll tell you how I did this as governor. Some of the, the people who I most admired Army were people who were sometimes disagreed with me the most on issues. As you know, I was a big supporter of our police. We had a lot of folks who were, who were opposed to me on that issue. But you know what? The ones who were honest, I found I could work with. So what you do is that you find the people who really want to accomplish something. Too much of the political class is there simply for their own aggrandizement. They're there to, to become wealthy. They're there because it's a comfortable job. That's why they're in office. If you find people who really come from whatever background, and whatever passion and intensity brings in there, but they truly believe that they want to accomplish things for people, you find that you can work with them. That's what I have always done. It's what I did doing humanitarian work. It's what I did as a Navy SEAL. It's what I did when I ran the Mission Continues. It's what I did as governor, and it's what I'm gonna do as a United States Senator. You have to fight against evil. You have to fight against evil that's really gonna hurt people. And when you have the opportunity to work with allies with a sense of compassion and clarity and love, then you go forward and you do that work as well. You know, I actually feel strongly that I really know you. I, I believe yes. that. Now, and I know what happens when people divorce. Your spouses can say some of the nastiest and cruelest things about you. Everybody understands that. But to accuse you of being abusive of your kids, to me, just crossed the, the line. Why would she make these allegations? The mother well, of your children. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, what we now know, Army, is that not only is it a disgusting and false accusation, I mean, the dentist records, the doctor records, the therapist, the mediator, over 50 photographs, her own emails, all of this proved that it was absolutely false. 
But we also know that Karl Rove has now admitted to talking with and working with my ex-wife, that Karl Rove has now admitted to calling donors about these accusations and trying to push them out there. I think it is a sad and terrible thing that you have political operatives, in this case, rhinos who are part of the establishment, who are willing to do this to kids. And at the end of the day, um, I, I know, and everybody who knows me knows, that I'm a great dad. And most importantly, my kids love me and I love them. And in fact, you know, I have custody of them all through the summer and we are having a magnificent summer together. So, you know, one other, other thought on this army, which I think you will appreciate, is that I think that God gives everyone challenges. And people have asked me how I'm dealing with this. And what I tell everybody is I just recognize how blessed I am. You know, I have friends who are dads and their challenge is that they have severely disabled kids. I have friends who are dads who find out that their kids have diagnoses of terminal illness. I have friends who are, who are parents who are making decisions about whether they're gonna fill up their gas tank or put food on the table. If the challenge that I have as a dad is that political operatives tell lies about me, and that's it. And I have two beautiful, healthy, loving, fantastic boys, and we have joy in our lives every single day, then like, thank God, that's the challenge that I have. And everybody also recognizes at this point, like they see the political nastiness for exactly what it is. And you know, we're, we're just, we're moving through it. What about the party itself? that does not want you to be the candidate because you're not just fighting against the democratic establishment. There is an entrenched yeah. GOP that does not want you as the candidate. Why That's and right. how do you address that? Well, they don't want me as the candidate because I am willing to fight for the people against the politicians. You know, when I was governor, I killed a politician's pay raise. My first day in office, I banned all gifts from lobbyists. I slammed shut the revolving door between lobbyists and the executive branch. There was a corrupt tax credit program in Missouri that had cost the taxpayers over $1 billion over the course of the last decade. All of that money was given away to special interests and to insiders and to politicians, and I killed that program. So what the politicians have recognized is that I'm willing to fight for the people against the political class. And that's true whether they're Democrats or Republicans. My allegiance and my faith is in the people. They're the ones who elect me, and that's what I have always done. Um, I did that when we passed the Missouri Miracle. We did that over the objections of rhinos. This was the most important pro-life legislation in the country that took Missouri from a state which had over 5,000 abortions a year when I was governor to the, what is now the safest state in the country for the unborn. And when we were doing that, we were attacked by the rhinos. We were attacked by, that's when I got sued by the satanic temple, right? But what we knew is that that was the right thing to do. And so what the rhinos know is that I'm willing to really fight for the people. And that's why the Republican political establishment and all of the rhinos are coming after us as well as the left. But you know what? We have the people with us. And at the end of the day, the beauty of the Constitution is that the people get to vote. And that's why we're going to be victorious in just 17 days. Governor, inflation is yeah. truly a significant problem. We've not seen these kind of numbers since the early 80s. What specific policy, and I know you can't do it alone, but what can you propose you think that we should do and what the Fed should do to impact, impact and combat 
the rising cost across the board for everyday Americans. Yeah, Army, it's such an important point. So there's one very specific area that has to be focused on to tackle inflation. Many things we can do, one thing we must do, and that is to tackle energy. One of President Trump's great achievements was that he made America the largest energy producer in the world. He made us energy independent. Back when I was serving in Iraq in 2006, 2007, if you told us that uh, that we were gonna be an independent, American energy was gonna be the number one in the world, it would have seemed like a pipe dream, but President Trump got it done. By contrast, the minute that Joe Biden comes into office, he declares war on American energy, literally his first day army. He kills the Keystone XL pipeline. So you see this war on American energy launched by Biden. And the reason that's so important for inflation is not just because of the prices that people pay at the gas pump, but energy is baked into the price of everything. Everything that we buy in the store has to be transported to the store. Everything that is manufactured takes energy to manufacture it. So when you, when you have Joe Biden attacking American energy independence, that's one of the things that's led to this massive rise in inflation. We need to go back to President Trump's pro-American energy policies. That's number one. And again, lots of things we could talk about. We also have to stop the out of control spending. I mentioned, for example, the $1.2 trillion, $1.2 trillion for the Green New Deal, which was a complete waste. The spending like that combined with the war on American energy, that's what's driving inflation. We need to go back to President Trump's policies of American energy independence and fiscal sanity. You know, I was just sitting here listening to you reminiscing um, about your earlier years in Washington, D.C. as a White House fella and when you were a Navy SEAL and serving in Iraq and how we used to shoot the banner about my encouraging you to run for office and you felt you wanted to work with organizations. Politics was not something for you. And I said, and, and then when you thought about it, I said, you should run for governor. You said, no arm. I don't think I'm ready for that. I don't. I said, no, because I always saw leadership in you. And, and then you made the decision to run and you were nervous. I mean, you were very nervous. You thought you were starting out too big. You should start on a much smaller level. And I look at you now, and then uh, the price you pay for it, and I bring that story up because it was never really your ambition to serve in public office. It's something really, I admit, I really encouraged in you. And while I am proud of you, but man, the price you pay for leadership and running for office in America, man, it is just, it is so scary what people say and what they do and how they destroy your reputation. And sometimes you give them ammunition by committing adultery on your wife, but you're not the first nor the last that will do that. But still, still nobody's perfect and people understand it, but my God, the price, people like you and others who decide to run for office that they pay. Well, Army, it's such an important point. I mean, first I'll just tell you personally, um, you know, I, I've talked a lot about resilience. I wrote a book on resilience, working with my fellow veterans who dealt with tremendous hardship. And you know what? Sometimes God hands you pain that you don't want. But the blessing is that he offers you wisdom on the other side. He will hand you suffering that you don't want, 
but the blessing is that he offers you strength on the other side. You have to deal with fear that you don't want, but what you find on the other side is that there is more courage. And yes, we were viciously and maliciously attacked, but having emerged through it, Army, on the other side, I am wiser, more courageous, more joyous than I have ever been in my life, and just happier than I have ever been in my life. And so I think that we all have to deal with pain. We all have to deal with hardship. And one of the things that we have to recognize about why the political establishment does this is because they want to attack people who are threats to the political establishment. They only go after people who are really threats. They have their little game that they play, whether it's in the state house in Washington, uh, in Jefferson City, or in the United States Capitol in Washington, DC. The politicians have their games that they play and they attack the people who are threats to the political establishment. But you know what, Army? At the end of the day, we all are only blessed, as far as we know, with one life. And I believe that we all have to live a purpose-driven, thoughtful, faithful life. And as Winston Churchill said, as I mentioned before, if we're gonna have enemies, let's have them for doing the right thing. And the right thing is to fight for the people, to really love them and to care for them. And the last thing I'll say on this is that the left works through fear. That's how they work, they work through fear. We have to work through courage. And courage is, is rooted, it comes from the French word core, meaning heart. Courage is rooted in love, and it's because we love our country, because we love our community, and we recognize our country's not perfect, our communities aren't perfect, but because we love them, we're willing to stand up and fight, whether that's like I did as a Navy SEAL in uniform, whether that's taking care of my fellow veterans or now serving in office, it's because of that love and that compassion, that's the real foundation for courage. And I'd encourage everybody who's watching right now who thinks that the country's in crisis, find your own mission. Find the way that your compassion and your love can help you to be courageous because together we can take our country back. Thank you for joining us on another episode.